it's also special, I think, to build a startup in an, an ecosystem that um, is growing and is just starting to create, you know, more and more of these types of companies because um, it means that we we are able to attract talent that's really excited about what we're building, and it also means that we're able to attract a good attention around what we are building, and we're not one of you know 500 startups trying to grow to Manitoba at the same time, the same way you would see that in Toronto or Vancouver. Welcome to Startup Bill, the show where we discuss what it's like to build a tech startup and a startup ecosystem in a small city. I'm Mike Wolsfeld, our host is Dan Gold, and this is the second of five episodes in a special mini-series leading up to the Uniting the Prairies conference. Uniting the Prairies, or UP conference, is a virtual conference on June 23rd and 24th that brings together the top startups from across the Canadian prairies to connect with global investors and tech leaders and collectively elevate the prairie tech community. Head to unitingtheprairies.com to learn more and get your tickets. Leading up to the conference, we're hosting a five-episode miniseries to highlight the five major prairie tech cities in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. Check out the two previous episodes on Saskatoon and Edmonton, and today we're featuring Winnipeg, Manitoba. We talked with Catherine Matricki, founder and CEO of Calia Flowers, Michael Laguerre, chairman of Radar Ventures, and Joel Foster, CEO of Northforge. Welcome to Startup Bill. Startup Bill is brought to you by Innovation Place and Martin Charlton Communications at WeTellYourStories.ca. This series is possible thanks to Collabs, Saskatoon's tech incubator, and the organizers of the UP Conference. Thank you so much for joining us here on Startupville. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So uh, I, I think I'll start the first question with um, Michael on this one. Michael, chairman of Radar Ventures. Um uh, give us the elevator pitch on who you are and how you fit into the Winnipeg tech community. Sure. So, um, essentially, I was born and raised an entrepreneur here in, in Manitoba. I uh, uh, had a, a, a startup before startups were a thing called Securus, information security for global businesses based in Winnipeg. And there were very few tools for young entrepreneurs at that time, which was the early 2000s. And so as uh, the community around startups and entrepreneurship started to grow, uh, got directly involved, helped start the first makerspace in town, which uh, morphed into Startup Winnipeg, which has now resulted in, in North Forge. And uh, so I've invested heavily in different startups and uh, you know, own and operate you know, several businesses as well. Thank you. And, and Joelle, this seems a, a sensible place to kick on from um, your elevator pitch as to who you are and your involvement with the tech scene on the basis that I already know that you're involved with North Forge. So, hi, my name is Joelle Foster. I'm uh, one of the founders of North Forge Technology Exchange about six years ago. And I came on board as the CEO in February of 2020, right when the pandemic hit. And uh, myself, I have been involved in the startup community for over 20 years and uh, worked for Futurepreneur for eight years and helped over 300 businesses start, one of which is Calia Flowers. Um, and then, um, of course, um, Mike, you know, he has been a mentor for a number of the organizations that I've worked for as well. So... We're all interrelated somehow. And next up, Catherine, tell us a little bit about you. 
Sure. My name is Catherine Matricki. I'm the founder and CEO of Calia Flowers, Calia Inc., whatever you want to call it. Um, and we're a tech-enabled startup disrupting the floral industry based in Winnipeg. Um, company is about four years old. And so, yeah, I, I started the company. So that's my involvement in the ecosystem. We came through the Manitoba Technology Accelerator. Um, and I also sit on the board of the Manitoba Technology Accelerator. So have come through the ecosystem fairly recently and are still growing within it. And and that's fantastic. And uh, just coming back to uh, you mentioned about coming on board as the CEO just as the pandemic kicked in, um, Joel. How did you find from your from your journey with uh, the Winnipeg tech scene? How was how was the area affected by what we've all been through? Actually, I found during COVID. I mean, Northforge itself has seen an increase of 293% of uh, the individuals now that we're working with over previous years. So during COVID, we've seen a massive increase in digital transformation and people that are looking at starting businesses around technology. Catherine, just as someone who's been through the programs and now you're, you're in a slightly different position and still getting the support of your networks, how do you feel that the Winnipeg tech scene and, and wider Manitoba community has really come together to support each other? You know, um, we've been fortunate to be able to benefit um, in following the footsteps of some of the giants who have come before us. And so, you know, Mike and some of the early entrepreneurs uh perhaps decades ago. Um, but most recently, we've seen businesses like Skip the Dishes and Bold Commerce really start to pave the way for um, setting the precedent that you can build a really big business out of the prairies and you can build a really big business out of Manitoba. And so I think not only does that encourage entrepreneurs like me to think really big and look to the valley and look to continue to build you know, a, a world-sized business out of Manitoba because it's been done before, um, but it also is creating this ecosystem of people that are interested in startup and interested in the tech ecosystem system because they see that you can build these really cool companies and have incredible careers at them. And so we're able to a attract better people um, and more people to, to work with us and in similar companies, but we're also benefiting from that skill set that's been developed at some of these world-class companies. And so I think that's been hugely instrumental to our growth um, and will continue to be as, as others come through as well, I hope. So one of the things that's been a challenge over the last few years, and, and we've mapped this with Startupville, um, has been the challenge of attracting talent to the prairies. And we've kind of, and Michael, correct me if I'm wrong on this, we've kind of seen a little bit and maybe quite a significant mindset change really coming in to play with the work from home, uh, remote working, and people wanting to get out of the really big centres to have that quality of life and the affordable life. Absolutely. The one, the, the, a lot of people are rediscovering the prairies. You know, from a lifestyle perspective, there's a lot of different advantages we have, and and it's it's interesting to see how the pandemic specifically has resulted in uh, a number of folks um, uh, in the tech scene working for those large organizations remotely, staying in Winnipeg, yeah, but also uh, understanding how to think big, how to architect big, how to program big, how to build big, you know, and, and deliver big business models, and then transfer that to the, the prairie tech scene. So it's it's been good on both sides, but that that base of uh, you know the prairies and here in Manitoba, uh, you can own a cottage and almost anyone can still. Uh, plenty of parks, northern lands, great fishing. So yeah, we're looking for that right balance of tech and, and lifestyle. Prairies are a great place to be. 
And we're starting to see too, if I can build on that, particularly in the um, software engineering space, we're seeing a number of people come to Manitoba as their first destination. And they're coming because this ecosystem is already here. Um, we just hired a senior developer. Um, he originally is from Sri Lanka. He'd been working in Estonia. Um, and he has a buddy who was working here in Manitoba, actually working for Calia. And so we were able to sponsor him through the Global Talent Stream program to come to Manitoba and come to Calia. Um, and that's something that wouldn't have happened if his friend hadn't come before who wouldn't have come if his network hadn't been before. And so I think creating that ecosystem here that's then bringing more talent into Manitoba as a desirable place to work and to live, to Mike's point, um, I think it is really important. So one of the things that always intrigues me is, as someone who clearly isn't from Canada or the prairies or involved in the interprovincial rivalries and the and the gameplay that goes on, etc., um, in, in a lot of traditional sectors, we see almost a fight to the death between, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're proudly shopping local, we're supporting local, uh, but we will not deal with those people across the border. We will not deal with them. What is it about the tech sector where there is this realization that collaboration really is key and, you know, the transfer of skills and talent between the prairies is what's going to maybe be that bit that has that competitive advantage over big centers, high density, people flipping jobs every five minutes. Uh, Michael. Yeah, so a couple of key things I find you know, over the last sort of twenty years, we've seen uh, you know two major themes around collaboration in the prairies. One is uh, tech uh, startups are specializing. You know, so again, we're in, in somebody's solution architecture for their particular startup or or large business. You might engage somebody from Winnipeg, from Regina, from Saskatoon, from Calgary, all all across the prairies to to build uh, a scalable enterprise. So that collaboration is is a, is inherent in the kinds of startups we're building, but also that that shared uh, challenge of we're in the prairies. We're used to um, being the underdog. And it's we work with those our, our peers again like between you know say uh, uh, you know in the last week we had a Winnipeg Saskatoon uh, uh, Calgary cohort on uh, trying to identify how do we take down an Alphabet company right how do we actually make ourselves competitive against that so it, it's um, um, that collaboration is what makes us unique and is scaling a lot of the prairie startups. So just on that and talking about the the um taking on the big guys the big corporations with you know massive investments and you know shareholders here there and everywhere and offshoring their their banks their uh, banking there's certainly something to be said about how the tech scene supports a local economy um not to say that as organizations scale the dynamic does you know potentially change um just on that, Catherine, um, you know, you've got your trajectory, you've got your journey. Um, why is being in Winnipeg so important to you? 
well, it's home. I think that's a huge part of it. And so, um, you know, Mike talks about a great place to live and, and be with really great people. And I think that's true for Manitoba. I've lived in Vancouver. I've lived in Toronto and I'm happy to be home um, because the people here are really special. And um, it's also special, I think, to build a startup in an, an ecosystem that um, is growing and is just starting to create, you know, more and more of these types of companies because um, it means that we, we are able to attract talent that's really excited about what we're building. And it also means that we're able to attract a good attention around what we are building. And we're not one of, you know, 500 startups trying to grow to Manitoba at the same time, the same way you would see that in Toronto or Vancouver. And so um, that I think is a huge benefit because in as much as we have great talent here, we're also not competing for the talent the same way we would in the big cities. And we're also able to, to scale quickly based on that. Um, and I do think Prairie people are the best people. And, you know, we just hired a, a new director out of Vancouver. We just hired a new director out of Toronto. So we're certainly looking at different skill sets and, you know, remote work is allowing us to do that. But the core of our team is based here and, and they're the best people. They always have been. They're the ones that work the hardest. They're the most team oriented, the most collaborative, the least selfish, um, but also the ones that really like to win. And I think there's this grit in the Prairie people, Manitobans in particular, um, that's really important in startup and a bit of a chip on our shoulders to show that like, yeah, actually we can build something just as great as the rest of them. And um, yeah, I see you nodding, Michael. (laughs) So, um, Joel, just just feed into that with what North Forge does for your uh, your community. How do you lead people through your programs? How how does the system work? So, you know, there there always has been, you know, a a void in the market. Um, And over the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of incubators and accelerators that are really popping up because there's more of a demand for technology. And what we've done at Northforge in the last, actually less than a year, is we've created a brand new founders program that's 100% digital. So that means that we've got actually companies from Alberta and Ontario, and we've got some expats that are in India and Australia that we're actually working with. And But our main focus is to drive the Manitoba uh, technology ecosystem. And, you know, that is a, that's why we were created and we've got a, we've got a passion for this and we're seeing a lot of companies that are emerging and have emerged out of this incredible province. Just on supporting people, the environment in which they work is incredibly important and it it goes beyond just you know, having having office space, because I think that people outside of the tech scene and who don't understand necessarily incubators and, and the support networks think, oh, well, it's just another co-working space. They just go in there, they mess around a bit, they might do something or not, and then they go back home. But one, I, you know, I've never seen entrepreneurs work the hours that tech entrepreneurs work yeah, choose your uh, own hours yeah exactly and that's exactly what i was about to say the the you know the issue is that the it's very difficult with the mindset to switch that off button or press that off button switch it to off that's what i meant um because your mind's constantly active and with a 24 7 global network having support elsewhere and being connected there's this thing of going well i'll just get this done or i'll just i'll 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 go a bit longer and suddenly it's two or three o'clock in the morning 
And uh, wellness, mental wellness, is clearly something that has come into uh, entrepreneurism and and with greater awareness over the last couple of years, and it's a good thing to see. In the last year specifically, and I don't know who wants to answer this, I'm going to throw it open to all of you, but in the last year um, where people haven't necessarily been able to get into workspaces and collaborating face-to-face and there's been a lot of homeworking, um, what have people done to be able to not stay connected because we still have the same connection tools like video calls and Slack and the et cetera, et cetera, but what have people done to feel more human connection and be in a workspace where they can still be creative with their ideas. I mean, I'm slightly inspired by Michael's background on this, but working, you know, some people don't have all the space in the world and they've been working from the edge of their bedroom. So, so how have we been able to support people with that real change of environment from being in a hustle space to being a little bit more isolated? I'll throw it to Michael. You seem most willing on that one. Yeah, so uh, um, it's been quite a challenge for a, a, num- a number of, of different folks across the prairies where, um, you know, having to stay in one spot and and the organic parts of the relationships that can't come across video, you know, result in, in you know, just be it day-to-day uh, raising your stress level, you don't get the same kind of, of feedback or, or you know, positive reinforcement that keeps you going all day. Um, a, a lot of it's been, you know, getting out and going for walks, you know, in, in Manitoba, you know, growing, going to the lake. So there's been a lot of ways of, you know, connecting with nature has helped sort of de-stress some of those components. Um, but also b- between the different restrictions, is making the most of what you can, you know, those couple connections. I know every, everyone has a, a, a case of they were able to sneak out during that one window where things looked like they were going up over the last 12 months and, and have that one coffee or have that one get together and that's kept them charged. So uh, a, a lot of it, uh, you know, for myself, it's been just being able to get out of the house and get to the office pretty much by myself. Uh, but just to, to reframe things, so it's it's um, uh, unfortunately it's a situation where there's no right answer for how people make that human connection or personal connection, but it seems to be a lot of just nature movement and getting inspiration from outside of the community and, and bringing that back into those video phone calls we're having every day. And Joelle, yeah, we've you know we've stayed open, and but with reduced capacity. You know, there's not too many people that can actually come into the space. And I have noticed that there is an increased level of stress and anxiety with some of the founders. And it's because one of the reasons that they wanted to be part of North Forge was for that that collaboration and that collision of thought and and running into other people. So we've had to do more roundtables where we're bringing everybody together so that they can talk and they can um, kind of feed off each other's virtual energy, if that's even possible. But, you know, it's I don't I don't know. I'm concerned at how much longer this goes on, that it is having a detrimental effect on the psyche of a lot of our founders and just people in general. And Catherine, as someone who's who's been through this, as we've mentioned before, um, 
the environment changed for you as an entrepreneur, as someone running the business? And how did you find your mindset from the point of view of being, you know, I, and I don't know if your dynamic is predominantly remote anyway, and it's not much of a change or there was a physical base and everyone would come together. Yeah, so we used to be all in the same space. We used to be colliding. I like Joelle's term there um, a lot. And then we moved to remote. Most of us, those who aren't, you know, in the warehouse or working directly, we moved about eighteen months ago, and um, I guess twelve months ago. And and that's been a challenge for sure. It has. I think like everyone. I think you know we've tried to do the classics. We do weekly connects. We had an owl in our Zoom meeting last week. There's a really cool thing that the Manitoba Wildlife Fresh, uh, Refuge is doing. So we're trying to create a lot of fun that way. One of our most recent ones is that kind of hangout space that social interaction, we've created a permanent um, Zoom link that is always on. And so anyone who wants to just go hang out can go hang out in the Zoom. They can hang out all day if they want. You know, we did it for Mother's Day and then it's just kind of hung over. And um, that's been a nice way to, to try and stay connected. But I think, you know, the first part of your question um, around not only the connectivity and how you support the connectivity, but how you unconnect at the same time or disconnect at the same time is also an important one. And so um, for us, we try to to create some intentional turn off time for the team as well. So this past long weekend, normally we're open all through the weekend. There's dev support, there's customer support, we're delivering, et cetera. And we shut down for three days for the entire company to stop and disconnect. Um, and for most of our team, we actually suggested that they ban the C word, um, the word Calia um, in their houses and with their families for that weekend. And uh, I think for us, that was a really important way to kind of counterbalance what has felt like, you know, kind of an always on environment for the last number of months to actually disconnect for a bit. And and that's really interesting because I was working in London at the time when um, there was the discussion in France about uh, people, the expectation on staff to be answering emails in their own time and not being compensated or recognised for taking that time in their own time and almost, you know, getting to the point of legislation to say, and, and the French unions are incredibly strong in, in, in that country. Uh, and there was certainly a drive to say, look, if you're, if you're outside of your paid hours, stop. If there's 24-7 customer support, get rotors done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's interesting where I think that, and and look, anyone can jump in on this one, but is there a sense that the CEO, the founder, the person who bought the idea to reality in the first place feels a great responsibility to their team to say to, hey, you guys, you can you can step back, but your mindset your mindset remains the same. Going okay, I'm just going to steal a couple of hours. You know what? It's Sunday. It's late. You know, partner, family, kids, dog. Anyone's gone to it. I'll just do a little bit now. And the discipline for yourself is more difficult than for your team. Am I right or wrong in in that mindset? Yeah, so I say what the founder's been talking to the last few months. That's definitely a case this, the stress on the founder uh is is getting worse because they're you know protecting the team like catherine discussed it's you, you you need to enable them but unfortunately as a founder that's not inherently in your dna so if there's not a physical thing to go to right, a physical reason to disconnect oh the family's taken care of i can sneak in 15 minutes or an hour call here or there at night be at nine o'clock or, or midnight um it's it's tough because uh, as a founder, they don't usually have someone that says, slow down, 
you disconnect. You've done a good job today. That's enough. We'll see you in the morning. So for finding that is a challenge, especially if you're, you don't have um, you know a, a venture cap team supporting you or, or investors who understand that. Uh, they're probably sitting at home asking, hey, what are you doing at midnight? Maybe we should talk about this. So it's I can see it being a challenge for a lot of founders across the, the prairies. Okay, as we get towards the end of this, I, I, I'll kind of follow up in, in a different way to the way that I would normally, and that's from the sense of not just the importance of mentoring um, and being able to help founders with that support, the mindset, and, and working with that, but I know a number of organizations, a number of um, startups in the tech scene and not in the tech scene who use... Um, you know, uh, um, a, a little panel of advisors, their own unofficial board to be able to have that, uh, you know, firstly, the accountability question comes into it, the the guidance from the experience, but also the ability to say, slow down. Uh, is that something that's popular, gaining popularity, something that's systemized in Winnipeg? And whoever wants to state that. Sorry, I'm just going to say, you know, um, Catherine, um, you know, as an entrepreneur is definitely uh, will have uh, a, a great opinion on that. One of the things why North Forge exists is we become that panel advisors until our founders find those experts that they need, um, you know, when they become, a, you know, series A. So we have entrepreneurs and residents, we have growth mentors, we have mentors, um, you know, and then we have the staff. So we become those panel of advisors. And, you know, one of my, uh, one of my, the terminology that they used for me for the last decade is startup mom. And I've been a startup mom in the prairies because I, you know, I, I always call my founders, my kids and, um, their, their work-life balance, their mental well-being is very important to me. And, you know, it's somebody has to be there to help them and to make sure that they're doing things properly. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, I think Joelle makes a great point about the importance and actually all three have about the importance of having an external network and external resources for the entrepreneur that both serve the entrepreneur, but also, um, support the entrepreneur and challenge the entrepreneur. I think all three of those are important. Um, one of my early investors asked the other day, you know, Catherine, there's all the things that you're doing to serve the business, but what is the business doing to serve you? And I thought that was a really interesting question and an astute question to answer back. And so certainly that feedback loop is important. Um, you know, you asked a specific question about what does that look like in terms of a panel of advisors or is that becoming more popular? I think for me and for other founders that in my circle, um, we certainly have a good roster of advisors that we call, you know, I've got my top four or five that at any, you know, three in the morning, that's my call. Um, and that gets formalized, I think, as it turns into an official board and the rest of it. I think for me too, um, I'm building out a, a better peer network as well, which is something that's been really important for me in terms of not just the people that have been through it and will tell it from an outside lens, but also the people that are actively going through it now. Um, and I think that's been an interesting value add for us too, um, in terms of a bit more of that peer sharing in addition to relying on an advisor network and, and that's been good growth as well okay our time is nearly up i cannot leave this uh this episode of startupville without asking the following question michael the background looks busy there seems to be lots of energy behind you explain to me where you're at and what it's all about 
Sure. Yeah. So I'm. I, I, the, we call this place the AI warehouse. It's an eleven thousand square foot warehouse just outside of the city here in in, in Headingley, Manitoba, and it is uh, basically a makeshift te- uh, makeshift tech space. We have the, the background. Every wall has uh, a different set of uh, poster boards and advertisements. So we have from New York, the seventies through the two thousands. Behind me is Akihabara in Japan and Tokyo. Uh, and so we have that sort of layered across the space, you know, keeping it inspirational and, and uh, um, you know, motivating because it's it, you can look at it like a dirty warehouse or you can look at it as a great collab- collaboration space. Depends on what's on the walls. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so Uniting the Prairies, the UP conference is just around the corner. We're looking forward to seeing people come together uh, for uh, another year in uh, in the current form in which it is being held. Um I like the opportunity for people to uh, connect with those people who have been on Startupville. Uh, and so I think let's start with Joelle. If people want to find out more information about you, how to connect, uh, where could they do that? Well, I'm very active on LinkedIn. It's easy to find me, Joelle Foster. And uh, if they want to find out more about Northforge, it is uh, northforge.ca. Uh, we're easy to find via Google. So please reach out to us. And Catherine. Same thing. Um, happy to find me on LinkedIn or chat as needed. Uh, always happy to talk entrepreneurship and uh, share what I know. And finally, Michael. Absolutely. Same thing. LinkedIn or radarventures.ca and uh, happy to engage anytime. Well, It leaves me to just say the following. Firstly, stay safe out there. Um, Let's get through what the world is going through at the moment. And I wish you all well. And thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us here on Startupville. Pleasure. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Startupville is brought to you by Innovation Place, helping grow the tech sector in Saskatchewan, Canada, and is produced in partnership with Martin Charlton Communications at wetellyourstories.ca. This five-episode series is possible thanks to Collabs, Saskatoon's tech incubator, and the organizers of the UP Conference. Our show is produced by me, Mike Wolsfeld, and our host, Dan Gold. Our theme music is from GG Riggs and Reactor Productions. Learn more about us and our guests at innovationplace.com slash startupville, and find us on Facebook and Twitter at StartupvillePod. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us rise up the ranks. See you next time on Startupville.